0: We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today, and we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today.
1: God has revealed itself through the five senses, and uh, we, we're we on touch right now. And so last week we began uh, part one of this, and I, I I feel like it needs to be finished, Uh, but Mark, the fifth chapter, verses 21 through 43. I'm not going to read all of this today. I'm just going to kind of skip around a little bit, but these verses of Scripture hold two very powerful stories of healing, and some of the most powerful stories in the Bible. One is uh, uh, Jairus has come, a leader in the synagogue, and he's come to Jesus, we read that leader in the synagogue, and we don't think much about it. We think, well, um, you know, that's what he was. That was his employment. But but what you don't understand is the synagogue was not exactly a fan of Jesus. The the Sanhedrin was not exactly a fan of Jesus. Those who were in power in Judaism were not a fan of Jesus. So Jarius, he is has stature. He has title, and he is in a position where he gets desperate, and we talked about that last week, where it's, I don't care about my title, I don't care what people think, I've got a sick child and I need answers, and I've taken her to the doctors and I've taken her everywhere else and nothing is answering what I need, they have no answers for me. But he has heard and maybe even seen that Jesus, God is doing things through him. And he gets desperate enough that he don't care about his title anymore. He doesn't care that he is a leader in the synagogue anymore. He doesn't care that he has a place of prestige anymore. All he knows is he needs an answer to his prayer. He needs God to do something for his daughter because man cannot. I want you to understand something. We're in situations in our lives where we are trying situa- or things. We are trying our best to manufacture an answer for a solution that only God has. And you got to get to a place where you're desperate to have that answer. You're desperate to see God move. Some of us, we haven't gotten desperate enough to see God move in our life. But I'm telling you, in the days that we're living, I'm afraid we're going to get there. And when we get there, I hope you'll remember the story of Jairus, that it doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter where your position is, because all that means nothing when you need some healing. You need an answer to a prayer. None of that means anything, and it meant nothing to him. And so while Jesus is on his way in Mark chapter 5 to, to heal the, uh, Jairus' daughter, he gets interrupted. Because all of a sudden the crowds are pushing in. We talked about that. The crowds are pushing in. They're they're pressing on him, the Bible says. And there's a woman who had had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had had a a, a sickness in her body. There's been a lot of people that have speculated what it is. But we do know according to the Mosaic law that she was unclean and she could not even have anything to do with anybody. She had become an outcast to society. Nobody wanted anything anything to do with her she would have to go uh, she couldn't be married she couldn't stay uh, employed she she was destitute and alone she was a woman that was considered unclean but the bible says that she said within herself after she had spent everything she had on doctors again trying to find answers everywhere some of you trying to find answers everywhere If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. I don't know she was on her hands and knees, but somehow she got to him. And when she touched him, her faith made heaven stop in its tracks. I got news for you. The only thing going to move heaven for you is your faith in Jesus. The only thing going to cause heaven to stop is your faith in Jesus. I'll take you to another story we're not even going to concentrate on, but there was a man named Blind Barabbas who sat on beggar's row, and every day from birth he was blind. He would go and he would sit and he would beg, and, he would, and, and that was the way he survived. People would throw money, and he would survive that way. One day he got word that Jesus was passing by and he had heard the stories of Jesus because I'm going to tell you when you're blind, you hear very attentively everything around you. He had heard the stories of Jesus and somebody said Jesus was passing by. Blind Barnabas began to call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They tried to get him to be quiet and the more they did, you see, he began to, and all of a sudden heaven stops in its tracks and says, Come. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying if we're going to move heaven in behalf of our needs, it's going to take faith. Let's read verse 24 on. And then he went with him, talking about Jairus, and a great crowd followed him and thronged him about. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And no one uh, better, uh, no one, no it was no better, uh, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she had said to herself, If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see, the crowd is pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing that what had happened to her, came in fear, trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and and, and be healed of your disease. And I want you to understand something this morning, that if we want to see God move in our nation, if we want to see God move in our community, it's time for us to begin to try to touch Jesus. And when we touch him, he'll touch us. You see, it is through that sensation of touch. Aren't you thankful that touch is there? Aren't you thankful? Amen? I want you, if you, if your, if your husband or wife's with you, I want you to reach over and just take them by the hand for a second. Touch. That's a powerful thing. Touch. A powerful thing. Can can I was teasing Tina. We had a date night the other night. And we were sitting at Crushed Tomato, and she brushed my arm, and I said, "You don't ever do that." <laughs> Immediately, I began to check my checking account. I mean, there's, I'm not kidding. So. <laughs> I'm playing with that, I'm playing. <laughs> it is the touch of faith which changes things. In our scripture today, there was a story of a ruler of the synagogue whose daughter was sick, a woman, uh, and a woman who had an issue of blood. Both of these situations were desperate. Both of these situations were hopeless and Helpless. A ruler of the synagogue who more than likely had doubts about Jesus now turns in desperation to Jesus. Everything worked until a a, a woman who had tried everything and went to every doctor and spent everything she had. Now there's no telling how many quacks she went to. Come on. Anybody, you know, (laughs) I'm going to be good here. (laughs) Some of us, we turn to everything to try to find a solution. It'll drive you crazy. Jesus stops and says, who touched me? Everything goes quiet. Can you imagine how she felt at that moment? Everything goes quiet. Everything is silent. And everybody's looking saying, was it you? Was it you? Was it you? And trembling, she comes forward. You see, we don't realize, but for her to touch him was to defile him. And she had to confess her actions before him. Aren't you thankful that that Jesus still touches the defiled? Oh, my goodness. Aren't you thankful that he doesn't judge me when I touch him, when I come to him in my failures and I say, I need you, will you forgive me? He does not wait, he touches me. I want you to understand God is ready to touch your heart this morning, even if you feel like I'm so defiled in my life, I'll defile the holy if I touch him. Are you desperate, are you hopeless, are you helpless? Turn to Jesus. Everything goes quiet. Everyone's looking around to see who it was. She melts into the crowd. Maybe she's trying to hide a little bit. Then she thinks, I've been touched. I can't hide it. I must confess what I have done. Instead, she goes to him, trembling, the Bible says, in fear. And she says to him, It was me. And he looks at her and he says, Daughter, aren't you thankful for that? He, he says, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your disease is gone. I want you to understand, all of us came. Uh, diseased and helpless and hopeless to a place called Calvary but aren't you thankful he reached down and he touched you and when he did your disease was healed because the greatest disease that is plaguing any of us today is the, the, the disease called sin but aren't you thankful God brought a cure to you aren't you thankful through Jesus you're made whole aren't you thankful that one touch of the master and you can be washed clean one touch one touch but I want to assure you, a little dab won't do you. At Least it didn't me. I make multiple trips to the cross. I make multiple trips to Calvary, for as there I find strength. Sometimes you just got to start afresh. Amen? He waits, and his eyes look at the crowd, falls upon this lady, and she says, it was me. What is, what is it in this lesson that, that we need to learn from this woman? that you can touch Jesus in hopeless situations. This woman had endured 12 years of personal pain, shame, shameful disease, and dreadful uh, uh, death was, was the only means of any kind of relief. She had been to every doctor specialist, every quack, and tried home remedies, probably myths. She had tried everything to cure herself, but 12 years had come and went, and she was, don- gone, uh, was helpless and hopeless it was certainly it certainly had wasted her health and her wealth she was a social outcast she 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 was shamed by her own family she couldn't be a part of society she couldn't go to church couldn't go to synagogue after 12 12 years she was to the point of giving up but then she heard that Jesus was coming. The Bible said she had heard about his situations. You see, there is therein to me lies the problem. Some of us have heard the story since we were little about what God could do, but they've become nothing more to some of us than just another little fairy tale, just another little nursery rhyme. But I want you to understand something this morning. There, was a, there really was a man named Jesus. He really was the, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. He really was the Son of God. He really was was born of a virgin and when he came to this earth he did not come to destroy this earth he came to heal it he came to save it there's still someone here today that loves you more than you can imagine and i'm telling you though you don't see him with your eyes you can see him through faith jesus is in the room and he's ready to heal you if you'll just touch him if you'll just touch him but it was a hopeless situation it had driven her. It was the last straw. She had nowhere else to turn but him. Maybe it, was, it, it is, Maybe for us, it could be a marriage that is about to 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 break apart. Maybe it could be financial trouble. We're about to lose everything. Maybe our job just isn't working out and we're miserable. Maybe we're unemployed, laid off, everything tied up uh, in our job and we can't find any any hope. Hundreds of applications out there, but no responses. Maybe it's medical. Maybe you need a touch in in your body this morning. I'm going to tell you something right now. For those that have told you Jesus doesn't heal today, I want to tell you you're listening to a lie of the devil because he is the same yesterday today and forever and if he healed then he can heal today I know my God can heal your mind I know my God can heal your body I suffered with depression for three years and I want you to know it was one touch of the master's hand and I saw light come into a dark place in my life what are you saying pastor no matter what is going on in your life today whether it is spiritual physical or emotional my God can touch you if you'll reach out and touch him Let your faith touch heaven this morning, and he will make you whole. I have traveled throughout this whole world, and I have seen physical healing with my eyes. I have seen the lame walk. I have seen blind eyes open. I know my God heals today. As a matter of fact, I know he's standing back there. Mason, come here. Let me embarrass you. He was blind at birth. Some of you don't know this testimony. Some of you do. We were having a couple's night. It was just a a baby like Braxton, but they had noticed that he would not follow them with his eyes. A mom and a dad came to a couple's night not to fellowship with the couples, but came in saying, We need an answer. We're desperate. He didn't have a service dog coming down that aisle, he didn't have a stick to feel along his way because faith touched heaven and he was made whole. Don't tell me God can't heal today. Don't tell me that. Eyes of the blind are still opened by the touch of his hand. My mom used to sing a song in church growing up. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy flood my soul. She wouldn't get past that part before she was crying and carrying on and feeling the Lord's presence. But we need a touch this morning. We need a touch that only God can give. We need to realize God can heal us, body, mind, and spirit. I know they won't mind, but Tony and Carrie, will you stand up? a few years ago, headed towards divorce. Desperate. But he touched you. And he made their marriage whole. Somebody praise God over that. Huh? Aren't, you Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of hearing about divorce? You say, why are you calling people out? Because I know these folks people don't care. But why are we ashamed of what Jesus does for us anyway? Jim Brooks, stand up. He is my (laughs) ex-convict. Drugs, alcohol, party life. Caught up with him. Sitting in a prison in Texas. He told God, You can have all of it. I just want you. Now he serves as an associate pastor here. Don't applaud that, by the way, because that's not what I want you to applaud. I want you to applaud. He was saved. He was delivered. He was set free by the master's hand. Amen. He was touched. He was touched. Come here, Tina. Or just you can stand. Was it six or seven when you were saved? Eight. Eight years old. <laughs> you was a lot older, excuse me. <laughs> We've been married so long, we think you... I don't mean, need no time. <laughs> Eight years old. She gave her life to Jesus. She never touched alcohol. She never did drugs. She never did anything. God touched her and kept her. How many parents say, oh, God, give my kids that testimony? Come on. He touched me. He touched me. What are you saying? I pray my kids have the most boring testimony that's ever been. I really do. Well, I got saved and I did nothing. Amen. 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 Parents who, who have kind of an exciting testimony, how many of you say, Amen, I want my kids to have boring testimonies. I don't want my kids to hurt like I hurt. I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. I don't want my kids to have the pain that I had to suffer before I found Jesus. Let them find Jesus today. Uh, As a matter of fact, Hope had walked to the back and she said, "They're having children's church in the kitchen area because we've got the the gym looks like a disaster zone with all the lumber and stuff out there." And she she leaned over and she said, "You should see the kids back there during worship. They got their hands raised. They're singing to the top of their lungs. They're praising God. They're celebrating." I'm going to tell you, let God touch them. Amen? Let them be made whole right now so that they don't have to experience the horrors that the devil has in store because he has a mission to kill, steal, and destroy. But aren't you thankful for the touch of the master's hand today that only it can save you and keep you? Oh, my goodness. It can save you and keep you. We're getting ready to wind up here. He shows tenderness to this lady when he could have showed us or showed her judgment. He, he shows tenderness to you today in your hopeless situation. He's ready to minister to you. And if you're not in a hopeless situ- situation today, do you know somebody that is? Do you have a, hard, her, uh, a, a hard-headed child? Anybody? Hard-headed child. God will give you peace and the love to deal with it. You may need a new job, but God will give you a new heart and a new attitude to be content where you are till he does. Her situation was hopeless and painful. Are you sick this morning? Are you hurting in your body? Do you ache every moment of the day, but you hide it well? I want you to understand, are you going through the emotional pain of thinking it can never happen to me? I'm an outcast. The people don't even realize God loves them more than he loves me because I'm still suffering. I want you to know the day, the faith that you have can touch heaven and it can change your destiny. It can change your life. I want God to turn around some lives in this community. How about you? The mission of this church will never be to build this church. It will always be to build the kingdom of God because I'm going to tell you, when we get there, you're not going to have no Harvest logo on your chest. Amen. You're not going to have any other church's logo on your chest. I can't wait till some of y'all go, now, I'd like to sit with the Pentecostals and the angels go, over there. I'd like to sit with with the Baptists over there. And God looks at all of us and says, it doesn't matter what, you, what brand. What matters is that you found Jesus. Oh, my goodness. What matters is you serve him and you know him as your Savior. Society had outcast this woman, but God loves those who are forsaken and outcast. He's still saving today. He's still healing today. He's still delivering today. Maybe you're dealing with pain of all kinds of things in your life. I'm telling you, no matter what it is, Jesus can heal it. No matter what you're going through, Jesus will respond to you just as he did to the woman in in the story. I'll accept you and love you. I'll accept you and love you. Somebody said, you don't need to preach that. It'll be taken the wrong way. I'll tell you all day long, Jesus takes you just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He saved me just the way I was, but he said, now we're going to start working on you. Amen. Jairus, his daughter, the woman with the issue of blood, were all affected by the touch of the master's hand. One last lesson I want to leave with you about touch. You can touch Jesus without perfect faith. let am to say that again. Your faith doesn't have to be perfect in order to get Jesus to move. Many have failed to touch Jesus because they thought, "I don't have perfect faith." They felt that they were disqualified because they did not have any spiritual answer and faith. Oh, I, I, let me just dispel some myth that has been preached a long, long time that God does not hear a sinner's prayer. Well, if he we don't hear a sinner's prayer, then none of us are saved. There's not one of you saved because how many of you got right and then you got saved? No. I got to pick on Jeff, your clerk and treasurer. (laughs) He'd go buy a bag of the devil's herb when he was in high school. He don't mind me telling this, he'll tell you. As a matter of fact, Stephanie's afraid of what he'll tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> you open that can of worms, you just get ready. But he would sit in high school, he'd get high and he would be on and he would pray and beg God to get him out of that life. He should have been killed multiple times, and God spared his life. But one day God touched him. And begin to work on the inside, out. We're trying to get it all right. I'm going to get it all fixed up. One day I'm going to get my act together and then I'm going to come to church. If you keep waiting to get your act together before you come to church, you're never coming to church. Because let me tell you what we are. We're all a work in progress. Every single one of us, including the one preaching to you this morning. And there are going to be days when you stumble and you fall. I, I just wonder if we can lose our facade of holiness for just a moment as I close this out. <clears throat> are there days you wake up and you don't feel like a Christian? No hands? I am a, Okay, thank you. I thought it was just me. There are days when I get behind some people at the school drop-off And some of them have a harvest sticker in their window. (laughs) Will you please just turn? Okay. There are days I don't feel like I'm this mighty man of God. (laughs) There are days I don't feel like I'm even saved because life is hitting me from every side. But those are the days when my faith must be louder than my feelings. Are you hearing me? If you constantly gauge where you're at with God based upon how you feel, you'll be in trouble because sometimes it takes faith. Last story, and I'm going to stop. Paul was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel so powerfully that this, this young lady who was possessed of a devil, don't freak out, that's, by the way, still happens today, possessed of a devil, a spirit of fortune-telling was going behind him, crying out, these are the men who have been sent by God. Sounds good, doesn't it? But the Bible says, Paul perceiving in his spirit Was grieved of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. He turns and rebukes the devil out of this young lady. And it sounds like a good story, then, doesn't it? She's set free. Problem is, there were men that employed her. Actually, let's just say it the way it is employed the demon in her to tell future stories, all that kind of stuff. If you're messing with that, get out of that. It's a dark place. And when they saw that they had lost their way of making money, they seized Paul and Silas and had them severely beaten with rods and they were cast into the inner prison. Now, how many of you, if you left the church today and you were in gyms, talking about, wow, we had a great service today, and all of a sudden somebody grabbed you, beat you up, and had you thrown in jail... Would feel like a Christian. Would feel too good. I don't know why we think the rods didn't hurt them. I don't know why we kind of kind of desensitized the story that these men were severely beaten, they were hurting, they were bleeding for preaching the gospel, standing up for what was right, for seeing a young lady delivered. They're in the inner prison, the Bible says. They're in stocks. And I'm going to tell you, I've been in some inner prisons in my life before and in my mind, and I didn't do what they did. Instead, I invited in those feelings of being rejected, of being forsaken, and being hopeless. But that didn't happen to Paul and Silas because at their midnight hour, the Bible says, they began to sing praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. If you want this world to see Jesus in you, it will not be on the mountain. It will be in the inner prison that life throws you. And when you get in those dark places, if you will begin to praise God, the world will hear and they will know that God can still set them free and deliver them. It is not the message when you're out on the streets free that will affect the soul. It's when life has thrown you something hard and you still find the courage to praise him, when life has knocked you down and you still find the power to say God is good that the world will hear and say there's got to be something in them that is different than it is in me I want to be changed not only was the jailer saved but his whole family was delivered and the church was established because they had the courage to sing at midnight midnight's gonna come Hopelessness is going to come. But if you'll just reach out and touch him, healing and power will be released. Will you stand? I've been instilling in my family the last few months that we must recognize what the enemy's up to. We must acknowledge that God is sovereign over that situation. And then we got to attack that thing in Jesus' name. Recognize, acknowledge, and attack. The word that keeps going through our church lately in all of our ministries is be on the offense. Be on the offense. I got tickled. I sat in. Uh, our ladies were in their planning session for ladies ministry last week, and so I sat in on the meeting, and uh, Carrie kind of threw a challenge out there to our ladies. I got tickled at her. She said, well, it's not a competition, but ladies, the men are showing us up during prayer time. What she's saying is is that we need fire to spread through all of our ministries, not just one. And what is happening among our men is not happening because we're just getting together. It's happening because of prayer. Prayer still changes situations. Prayer still changes things. This morning, as everyone, if you would, in respect for the Lord, just bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. If you'll just do that in respect to him this morning. If you, no looking around, please, for just the next few moments. If you are going through some things that you're saying, Pastor, Pastor. I got to have his touch because I don't know, I just, I can't see a way out. It's, it's, I just can't find my way out. I need his touch in my life. I need the courage to sing at midnight, but I can't find it right now. If that's you and you're saying, pastor, I just need his touch. I won't call you out. I won't drag you to this altar. I just want you to raise your hand towards heaven for a moment and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. There's some others. Come on, just raise your hand towards heaven and say, I don't see a way out, but I know God has a way. So that's your faith beginning to speak. There's some other hands that need to go up in this room. Come on, let faith speak through you today. Let faith speak louder than your situation. Let faith speak through you. That's you this morning. You're saying, Pastor, I don't see a way. I want you to know he makes a way where there is no way. If he can make the Red Sea into a highway for the children of Israel, he can do that for you right now in your situation. Maybe you're like the woman with the issue of blood. You've been battling something chronically for years. Maybe you've had, you hide it well, but, but it's plagued you for years and, and, and you cannot find any solution to it. You're saying, Pastor, I've looked, I, I, I've sought help and I just can't find freedom. I just can't find deliverance. I want you to know in this room, Jesus is here. And if that's you this morning, if you would just take that step of faith, that bold faith to say, that's me. I want you just to slip up your hand if that's you. I've been battling it for years and nobody's seen it. I've hit it well, but pastor this morning, I'm desperate for a move of God. I can't go no further. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand and put it right back down. And here's the tough part. If you are in this room this morning and you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to take that step of faith and slip out of your seat and come forward. I won't judge you. If you don't, I promise you I won't. I'm going to pray for you regardless. But there's power when we make that physical move to represent a spiritual decision. If you're needing that this morning, just come find a place at this altar. Our intercessors would love to pray with you. I love to pray with you. Don't, Don't fight it alone. Too many of us are fighting stuff alone. We're fighting it alone. You weren't meant to fight alone. You were meant to have a family to surround you. You may be visiting this morning. I ain't trying to pull you from home. You go back to home and you carry the power of the Spirit with you. But if you need a touch this morning, this ain't about any other reason but coming forward and saying, that's me, I got to have a move from God. I'm desperate in my life. I'm desperate, Pastor, to see a move. I'm desperate to see my children set free. I'm desperate to see my marriage restored. I'm desperate, God, for the things that keep constantly wrecking my life. Maybe it's my attitude. Maybe it's my spirit. I'm desperate to see it corrected. And I've tried. I can't do it on my own. i got to have God. i got to have God. If that's you, I want you to come. I want you to come. Come on. If you need a physical touch in your body. We would
0: like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.